Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Good evening. I have Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm here, ready to roll. Yeah. So, this podcast brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. The website is fattyzmuskie.com. You can find us also on social media. Check out Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to probably stop saying the Twitter thing because I don't think I've you know, put up, yeah. put up a tweet in four years or five years or something like that. Uh, so let's just let that one die on the vine. Um, but continuing on from there, the baits are still not up on the website. We are uh, currently painting some, uh, air quotes, show colors for the New York show that is not happening. So don't get your hopes up there. But we will have some, uh, you know, a lot of actually baits probably at least four colors, maybe more that we will put up on social media kind of to take the place of the show. Um, so be on the lookout for that on social media. They will not hit the website, but what is on the website are rod holders. We'll be talking a little bit more rod holders later on, so I won't go in depth, but if you're looking to set up your boat, hit us up. We'll, uh, definitely help you through the process, sort through some of the, uh, options you have. Cause there are many, um, just, you know, hit us up through one of the uh, outlets I just already talked about. And the baits, check them out at Muskie Tackle Online and Team Rhino Outdoors. All right. Muddy Creek, what's up? Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of us. Check out the website. You can call. You can text a number on there. You can email Vance. Uh, uh, we're Still planning on fishing in, uh, well, you know, Pennsylvania. We have a shutdown here. We have shut down both states right now for guiding. No guiding allowed. But that's still a long ways away, you know. I've had a couple of things I was going to do in April. We're going to put them off till May. And, uh, you know, hopefully things get back on track. Chautauqua, we will not be starting till the last Saturday in May. That's two months. Still two months out. So hopefully there's changes. If it's all still shut down, then no one's going to be worried about going fishing anyhow. So, but, uh, if you want to come get a hold of us, get on the books, uh, you know, June and July are pretty booked up. Still got lots of stuff for the summer and fall open, but, uh, up there at Chautauqua and we'll hope, hopefully be able to do some limited days here in Pennsylvania, you know, after, you know, come May, but it's all up in the air. Everybody's in the same boat here. Just not ours. I was going to say they're a pun hidden yeah. in there. Although they yeah. should not, although they should not be. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and it's you know it, it it it's been crazy. You know, you know after that show, uh, usually we do that musky Mac show, and uh, you know get to talk to a lot of people. And usually this time of year, it's it's you know many calls a day where I'm like, yep, okay, here's a day I can get you out in July. Boom, I give the guy the date on a Monday. He calls me back on Thursday. And it's like, oh, man, sorry, somebody booked it. Here's a couple other dates I can give you. You know, that's usually the stuff I'm going through right now. And uh, it's been pretty dead. I'm sure that's the same way everywhere. A lot of people are not thinking about uh, their, their, they might be thinking about fishing, but they're wondering how they're going to do it and if they're going to be able to do it. So this is going to be a different year. We're going to see if you're interested and you want to come up, get a hold of us. I'm sure we'll be getting our schedule to be changing all the time. You know, there's already people that I'm sure are not going to be able to make the trip that are booked, but, uh, we're going to try to give it a go. We just got to be allowed to do it and we will see the future is unknown for everyone. So, yeah. So, it, okay. It's kind of, it's kind of a crazy two headed beast on this. So mm-hmm. you guys, you know, let's just, I mean, uh, okay. I'm going to just be 
clear. We've been trying to avoid the whole topic of what everyone talks mm-hmm. about, but yeah. you know, just to kind of open up behind behind the curtain here of like what you guys are are facing is, um, let's just say this does march into um, dates of the trips. You guys have mm-hmm. already been booked for a solid two months. And and now those days I'm just seeing like this monster chewing away at the calendar and all of a sudden you might, you know, lose a couple of weeks and then this and that it's, you know, it's, it's difficult because even if they did just like automatically open it up, okay, everything's good to go. That you, you, you can either lose them by default by government mm-hmm. or you can lose them by people like, yeah, we're still not going to travel and stuff. So it's, it's oh, yeah. just yeah. topsy and turvy you're thing. By, you, you're losing by, you know, uh, you know, a third of the country went on unemployment in the last couple of weeks. I'm sure probably a third of our clients are in that situation. And a lot of people aren't even able to get it. And, uh, you know, they're going to be off till the end of the month, till April. It's shut down now. There are states around here. I mean, like complete shutdown. A friend of mine got thrown off the job site. He was trying to finish a guy's roof. that was leaking. The police pulled up. That just happened right here in Sandy Lake. And they're like, no, you got to leave. $10,000 fine. We've got an hour. I know they were already doing that up in New York to some people. So I mean, it's getting serious. So there's so you know he's like, I'm done till the end of the month. <laughs> um, and a lot of people. I'm, it's the way of the world. A lot of people aren't going to be able to handle that, you know, financially. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be different, you know. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of people that aren't going to be able to make trips or book, and you know, it's going to screw up everybody's schedule, but not just ours. I mean, guiding is a it's it's a it, it's not a uh, career. It's sort of a <laughs> you know maybe a it's a it's something people do when they have money. You know things have been going great the last few years. Everybody had money. Everybody's working, and uh, you just don't see the uh, you know you're not going to see the people. That's not going to be high on their priority is spending a bunch of money to go on a fishing trip if they're trying to uh, live, feed their family. I mean that's just the way it is. <laughs> Well, you need to be able to, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's just, um, you know, I guess we just got to keep our eye on that. I mean, it was fun to report how you guys were uh, booking up, but uh, let's move on to a little bit more lighthearted topics like yeah. boats. Who doesn't like boats? Vance, yeah. do you like ranger boats? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, ranger boats. Uh, check them out. Um, Vic Sports Center uh, in Kent, Ohio. Uh, for all your service needs right now, their their showroom shut down, but their service uh, is still open. Um, so check them out for that. Uh, shout out to Ranger Boats. Uh, looking forward to being able to use mine this year uh, and have people out in that boat uh, and making memories for people. Also, if you come out with us, you'll be using the St. Croix Rod. Shout out to them um, for sponsoring Muddy Creek in the show. Uh, we can't get any new ones right now, but we don't need to because of their durability. Um, so check them out. All your fishing needs there. Best rods on earth, mostly made in the U.S. Um, Baker Bates, check them out. Um, and that's it for me. That's it for Vance. All right. Muskies Inc. Let's, let's, 
let's pep this up a little. You guys all got sad on me. So, Muskie's Inc., that's something good, isn't it? <laughs> Excuse me there. Uh, yeah, Muskie's Inc., get a hold of your local chapter. Anybody into muskie fishing ought to get a hold of their local chapter and, uh, you know, get involved. Uh, a lot of that stuff's been on hold, too. You know, we had a lot of cancellations. Tournaments are on hold right now. At least these are early ones till we get this figured out. But uh, lots of good things. You know, lot, m- most of the clubs have nice meetings every month. You can get out in there, talk to people. A lot of them have guest speakers, banquets, access to the lunge log. Be fun to look at that lunge log now. Everybody's uh, sitting around the house and, uh, you know, give you something to look at on the computer. You can look up your lakes and lakes you fish, maybe get a little information, see what guys have been catching them on. There's, you know, I think over 400,000 fish registered in that lunge log now, something like that. So, and you can only get after that if you're a member. You have to have a membership number. So, uh, you know, yeah, check out your local chapters. Yeah, and, you know, something that, you know, I, I find, you know, so there's all this information out on the Internet, huge amounts. And, you know, with with something like that lunge log, and, you know, not so, I mean that because we're talking Muskie's Inc., you have time on your hands. You know, most people do. Some people do. Who knows? <clears throat> but if you actually sit down and just look at it further than face value, you could pull a lot of information out of this, you know, this data. And I, I'm going to take kind of take this to um, I'm going to relate it to trail camera photos and kind of make this real personal. So there's some people at work and, you know, we all show each other trail camera photos and stuff like that. And and these guys, you know, they got nice deer. Everyone has nice deer. And they're like, yeah, check this out. Check that out, blah, blah, blah. And it's literally, they're just looking at it face value. Just, oh, here's a deer. And then I ask them, I'm like, well, are, are you going to try to use that to, to, you know, go beyond just the obvious of saying, here's a deer, rather than saying, oh, our lake has whatever, 40 million registered. Well, let's start digging a little bit deeper on this. And, like, for me, I'm like, well, have you looked at, like, which way that deer's going? What time? Why do you think it was going? You know, where was it ultimately going? Where did it come from? You know, start asking questions beyond the obvious. And you might get that leg up. You might find that little nugget that could lead you on to a next, you know, hot streak. You know, you it could change you from, yeah, I catch whatever, five or six a year to where you might catch five or six in a weekend just by asking the questions that are beyond what what's the obvious and you know don't ask the questions on a forum like what's the best this or best that ask yourself that question see if you can find the answer maybe take a drive around and and stuff like that and okay well this lake i don't fish it but it's put out a lot of fish and you go there cruise the parking lot see what kind of boats or you know boat trailers are sitting there look out on the lake see if you can see anyone or you know something like that just a little tidbit on maybe going unconventional on that stuff. And here's a great place to find the data, but you have to be a Muskie's Inc. member to access it. So there's yeah, my little side going all, all the way back to when it started, you know, what, 50, 51 years, 50 years ago? I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's 50, 51 years ago or something. It's back in the 70s. And, uh, you know, it's neat. I, I haven't looked at it in years, but I do remember looking up some of my local some of the lakes I turned fished in for four years back in the oh, early 90s. And uh, that was the only years I turned them in. But it was neat looking back through to see some of the fish that I turned in. Half of them aren't on the books anymore because they had a fire in the uh, 
used to be all paperwork. They never got let, you know, the, the, the place burnt down and they lost a couple of years, but, uh, uh, it, you know, need to see like a, you know, a friend of mine, Dale Wiley's name, Pigeon Lake, or, you know, like a 51 incher. And then I was like, Oh geez, I remember when he caught that, you know, I remember where he caught it. I remember everything. And you see it back in that log from, you know, 35 years ago, 40 years ago. It's kind of neat. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's it's archived. It's it's a little time yeah. capsule. So it's great stuff. So become a Muskie's Inc. member. Okay. Did we get them all? Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Let's uh let's talk about some recent things that have been happening aside from the extremely obvious. Vance, tell uh tell us about what you did was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. I was on uh Muskie Hunter. Uh, Facebook Live, um, and I did a little uh, trolling seminar uh, out of my boat from home. Okay, now I, I saw a quick snippet of it. I did. N- I'm going to just be right up front on this one. I did not watch it. I you were kind of allotted. How much time did they want you to do? They said try to go twenty or thirty minutes. And how long did you go? An hour. <laughs> is an hour more or less than 20 or 30 minutes? Uh, it is, depending on which one you choose, uh, 30 or 40 minutes longer. Okay. Um, yeah, so I went a little I went a little uh, long-winded, but I don't think that I, I ever went off topic on it, you know. I didn't go off on any tangents. Okay, now let me ask you, did you, this was set up in your garage, the mm-hmm. the same garage that, we talked about, I don't know, like say 10 months ago with the uh, forward reverse, turn the wheel forward reverse for a half hour to mm-hmm. uh, get your boat out where all the yep. black streaks are from the wheels turning on the cement. Yep. Yep. Uh, is this people, the same, people, same yeah, garage where you have a, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> they could have a little look into uh, the past. If they watch that video, they can see, where uh, can they see the trim, the garage uh, door trim? Wasn't that the issue that day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that I, I ran that. They couldn't, the... they couldn't see okay. uh, where I backed my truck into the door. Uh, How about the, the table? Table, yeah, yeah. They couldn't see any of that. It was well. Could they uh, see where the prop went into the wall? That's where I was going mm-hmm. two times. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was looking at my truck today, and, and after that. I was like, you know, and it's probably a good thing I'm not driving this right now, you know, so I don't wreck into anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice and safe. Just sitting there. Sitting there. But so. Gas, I, gas is the dollar thirty-five a gallon, and I. Oh, man. I haven't put gas in in weeks. Shit, I think the last time I filled up, it was still at like three bucks. That's BS. Hey, Vance, that's very precious fuel. It has to be three times better than what, what it's at right now. I'm going to have to put stabilizer in it. Um, but so, yeah, I did this uh, a trolling seminar. Um, and uh, I had to get, you know, the garage cleaned up. I had to position, uh, make sure my Wi-Fi connected out there, which it did. Um, make sure the the uh, position of where it was recording uh, was accurate uh, of what I wanted to depict in the, in the seminar. Um, I had to, 
I wanted to put the bimini up at one point, and I can't really do that where the boat was. Tell me you got. So tell I me you a, attempted it, and you got trapped underneath it. I didn't. I, I set everything up prior. I ran through it prior, so I didn't look like an idiot on the on the screen. Um, at least in that in that scenario. Um, but so I had to back it all the way up, run the prop into uh, the table where I make the swimmers and stuff. Um, so you had another accident? No, I mean, but I, I definitely wrecked some stuff, uh, setting, setting it up, you know. I mean, there's just so stuff you, everywhere. I cleaned you all just the, did this on your phone, Vance? I did like you use your phone to record? Yeah, yeah. There's okay. a thing where you can that. go, like, Facebook Live. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people know, know that stuff, but uh, it's we never, we never do it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but this was the first time I did it. Uh, just essentially made a post, and then instead of hitting post, I hit go live. And I used my um, my uh, iPad for that, and I set it up on one of my shelves, and just focused mainly on like the port side of the boat, uh, things like that. So um, I think it went relatively smooth. I did go long winded. Um, it's weird kind of just talking, but it's also like, it's also, um, I think a bit easier to talk that way, uh, rather than speaking in front of a bunch of people. Uh, and I was essentially just able to say what I wanted to say without any interruptions. Um, and which was, which was kind of nice in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes when you do seminars and you prep for them, you'll see like, you know, crowd reaction, uh, positive and negative, you know, people that'll like chuckle sarcastically, like, you know, I, people, I don't, anybody that's done that, you know, you can, you can see reactions in, in the room. Uh, so it was, uh, it was nice to be able to do it that way. Whereas people would be like, you know, this guy's full of shit. Uh, running these rod holders, all you need is brand X. Um, but they could do that behind the screen, which people were uh, have a lot. I believe the cool kids call it like Twitter fingers. Um, but so in that in that aspect of just what being is able it called? To, I, I was trying to put that one together. What's it called? Twitter fingers, like help help me like out with that. You're tough on the internet, you know. But then when you're in face to face, you've never played okay. a collegiate sport, or you know, been with you know, you've just never been with a woman, things like that. So, <laughs> um, so uh, that was that was a nice like a keyboard nice warrior. Life. But okay, yes. So that was that was fun, um, and I really enjoyed doing it. I could, I was thorough, and it was really really simple for me to talk about. I I go long winded, and I see s- seminars and I see other seminars, and I I think I'm like really detailed on things, and really concentrate on like simplistic uh, stuff about it. And some people like that, and some people don't. My I I like the aspect of teaching i think we do that very well 
uh, even as, as like a, a team, us three, you know, we do decent teaching. We're thorough through things. I'm thorough on the boat because, you know, I never forget, you know, the days when I was very, when I was terrible at it. I always say that, you know, so I like to be thorough and, uh, and tell those stories. And, and sometimes people don't like that. Some people really enjoy it. It, it is for beginners. Um, That's and, the way it is. In any, any seminar, any magazine article, article you write, you know, you have people of different, you have people of different uh, realms of experience in the crowd. You know, sometimes you're sitting there looking out and there's someone that you know, that's been, you know, fishing for muskies for 50 years and there's other people there that hadn't even caught one yet. And they're looking for that. You know, they don't even know, understand what a down rod is. They don't know mm-hmm. how to clip the board on, you know, uh, they don't know how to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just the way it is. That's why it's so hard for me to write an article. It's like every article that's ever written right now has already been written. You can, you can go back to the Muskie Hunter magazine and find them, you know, the same topics. You, you can't write anything new anymore. Uh, but people want to hear your individual perspective on it. That's Yeah, people want to hear it. And, you know, back years ago when I would talk to, you know, Jim Sarek about it, it's like, Todd, you got to remember that, you know, we have – a few thousand people that have had that have been getting the magazine for the first 10 years they've been we've been doing it but we have 5,000 people getting it now so a lot of these people are getting into the sport they haven't read that article you know they haven't seen that so that that's why that works but you're always going to run into that and i know what you're saying about the crowd you know you say certain things i've i've watched people roll their eyes and i've watched other people smile at the same comment you know depending on mm-hmm. who they are and you just keep on going. Now, Vance, I, yeah. I, I've done I've done videos and stuff like that um, for like the Facebook page and stuff, but I, I never had the camera pointed at me. I seem to have yeah. no problems just talking like a real person when I'm talking into this microphone and we're recording all these shows. As we're you know we're fastly approaching six years, and I mean I don't even know how many. I mean we're probably five hundred plus hours of recordings. Yeah, it's weird when it's a camera, and you know something, you know what? So I've done seminars, not in the last couple of years, but I've done the seminars, and that doesn't bother me. But something about with the camera, I just, you know, I don't know. Recording a video for the Facebook or what have you, it's it's just it's different when it's. I don't know. Maybe what, being it live. I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm really not. It doing... is. Yeah. It's. It's. I mean, yeah. when you when when Andy makes a video and we're trying to explain something, I usually get like three or four cuts. Yes. And I'm generally, and generally, the best one is the first one. You know. But you you constantly like oh I could have said something better there you know and you're always. Yeah. jumping back you know like oh, i should have ex- i should have said that better so I'll, I'll record it again and then you record it again and sometimes you forget you something flat. else yeah you fall flat yeah. on your face with it yep yep i mean you can think about it, it is it is different you know we, we we did a few little videos out on the boat there a couple of years ago for i think they were for musky hunter or something and you did some yeah, for you, the uh rod holders on the uh rod boat. holders 
Yeah, in the, ro- in the road rules. Raptors, road yeah. rules stuff. And yeah, yeah, road rules. I did it for road rules. And you know, you get it all laid out. And then when you're done, it's like, oh, I forgot to even bring this up. And as Vance said, or you you think about, oh, well, let's try it again. Then you go through it and you forget one of the other things. You know, you don't yeah. have notes to look at. You're used to doing seminars where I have notes, visuals to keep you going. And half the time, it's you, you just because we're not on camera. No one, you know, I'm not on TV that often or something, you know, and it's like, I, it's odd. Where, where do you look? You know, mm-hmm. stare right in the camera the whole time. <laughs> which, is kind of, which is nice uh, because you can do those retakes. But when it's live, you yeah. can't really, you know, you're just like, well, I can't go back and edit this. So I said I had to keep telling myself that. Um, and even from like the point of view of somebody filming you, like I did those Raptor demos last year out of Andy's new boat. Uh, and I mean, geez. We probably did like a gigabyte. Oh my gosh! My we fails. oh, I mean those. It's funny because Vance will be like, I'm. I'm going to say going. You know, you you're never going to hit it perfect. You're just not. And but it's so easy to have like a you know postable publishable video, and you stumble up on a word. Or you draw a blank for what might seem like ten seconds, but it's a half a second. And you stumble, and yeah. and then you kind of just like, oh crap! But you know you can throw it away. So you, like, yeah. Vance would be like, sound like Joe Biden. <laughs> mm-hmm. Vance was like, you know, probably not not so much like this. He uses different words, but he's just like, cut, throw that away, start over, and then he just gets back in the regular position. Hi, I'm Vance, and <laughs> record again, like cut. nothing happened. I don't know if you still have some of those. Uh, I had I mean, some. Well, but- it, 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 it's crazy to think of us talking about this because, as you just said, Andy, hundreds, five, hundreds, and hundreds of hours of recordings, and you have yet to do like an edit we, we've dropped calls and things and had to pick back up we lost an entire show one time oh, but you, you you haven't done yeah like when it comes to edits i think the biggest i've done uh I, I i learned a little thing with my recorder here is that um i can hit pause on the recording should we have an ultimate meltdown and i can just you know let it okay everyone's back on ready this was the last mm. thing i said go and yes, and but it, and and that wasn't an edit because of something. It was it was a malfunction. Yeah, yeah, we never edited anything yeah. out of yeah. this. So everything that we've done, you know, we're not putting clips together. We're not doing the show like that. It's all been free talk the whole entire time, which is yeah crazy that we get this done this way. And you know, it 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 turns totally different when you no safety net. You put a camera up, and you're trying to remember all this stuff. You know, so we are modern day. Uh, beat generation livers. We kind of are like Jack Kerouac in On the Road. That's for anybody that likes books. But um, I don't know. Back to the recordings of the live. Um, Essentially what I did was the, the most difficult part was I had the iPad was on a shelf in this uh, garage of mine. And I had it propped up on like a space heater that I have like multiple electric space heaters. I have no idea why. Just something that should definitely be thrown out. But you're like, oh, maybe I'll use this one day. So it's propped up next to that thing. I have to hit record 
and then get up into my boat. <laughs> you scramble into the boat. <laughs> so when I did that, like I have a just like a step ladder to get into it, you know. I didn't want to like pop up and roll over the gunnel. You know, it would be nice if somebody would just like hit play for me and I was already in the boat, but I was like, I gotta get up in this thing. And I pushed it all the way back where my boat all the way back where I couldn't get around the motor, so the step stool had to be like right out of the vision of uh the recording and this step stool is foldable and it has three steps on it and then it has kind of a like go the uh gateway arch that you would see in st louis that comes up that you hold you you carry it with well that's right on the back of my transom and uh I'm like, I'm going to have to use this thing as a step. So I, I hit record. I get on the first step. I get on the second step. I'm on the third step. And I'm like, I have to get over this thing. This is live. What if I just trip right now and fall flat on my face in the boat? <clears throat> and that was like the biggest. And you can hear the thing when it first starts. It's like scrunch, scrunch, scrunch. I kind of d- did this like quick step hop thing over the arch part. Uh, and I, I could have, um, I could have lost it there, you know, could have been over, but you stuck the landing. I stuck the landing, but that was like my, my, (laughs) my biggest like nerve, nerve wracking part of it was Uh, just completely face planning it in your boat live on Facebook. I'd be like, Oh my gosh. I mean, I would have, it would have been F F F all this stuff. Hilarious. But, um, I just talked rod holders. I said by far uh, is not saying this is the way you got to do it. I'm just saying this is the way we do it. And uh, if you guys want to check it out, you can uh, check out our social media pages. And then, of course, check out the Muskie Hunters uh, page. It's uh, probably the longest video they have to date. Um, it was fun. So, Whatever the down rod, out rod. The, boards. the the one thing that I really don't understand about all of this is you told me that they gave you all the login information. Why you Absolutely. didn't? Why you didn't start messing with them in good fun with? Oh, I sh- I should have because it was Greg and Tony. Greg and Tony, you could have just started like I don't know because it was a uh, like a business page. Like I don't think you can go and like stuff, but you go up and just start posting up a- crazy photos of stuff like tigers and whatever else that documentary is about yeah i I am totally lost on that i've seen that i have no idea what people are talking about oh it's an it's an amazing it's amazing uh it's a show it's like a seven episode docuseries uh on big cats in the in the uh United States and I think it's important uh, for people to hear because I know I can't be the only one that I mean I started seeing all this stuff about Joe Cat or something and I have no idea haven't seen these, anything about it these guys are running a zoo and breeding tigers so naturally okay. there's going to be some setback on it there's nothing illegal about it uh, that they would show um, but some people event- eventually end up going down um, because they're constantly up against the battle and against PETA. But the okay. um, the interesting thing about it is 
the activists are hypocrites and um in, in what way because i haven't seen it and i will never see it okay so this this bitch carol baskin that's a um a quote from the show she was uh basically the driving force behind uh getting these tiger zoos shut down however uh her backstory is that she had a zoo and bred tigers just like that and then Uh, she uh her husband vanished um and they speculate that she fed him to the tigers uh, um so she's running this sanctuary where essentially it's no different than what these other zoos are doing and she's collecting checks. So she is a huge hypocrite. And that's what um, these guys are there. That's why they're butting heads. And they are really, really unique characters. I mean, they're just, you saw the pictures of what Joe Exotic looked like. Yeah, the guy with like white hair, mane, like. Yeah, he's a, he, he calls it himself, he says he's a gay gun toting, like, mother effort or something like that okay you know, he's just a wild character um the other guy i um, essentially is is running this zoo and it's like a uh, spiritual thing and he has these women come in and he's got them all wrapped you know wrapped around his finger and it's uh very very odd and um so you got these characters and then you got this woman that has fed her uh husband to, to tigers and the three of them just make this uh, beautifully entertaining uh, docu-series. And okay. um, it's like perfect for people to watch right now. But it's on Netflix. So you got to have a uh, subscription to that. But uh, definitely some uh, funny yeah. stuff. Yeah, a little off topic that I had no idea. I keep seeing that stuff. I mean, the yeah, memes are all media. over the place. It must yeah. be meme gold. Yes, because... Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. So. So that's that's <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That's, okay. It's a joke, exotic. I but, uh, thinking about it now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that was it. Uh, Facebook Live went well, and uh, the boat's all cleaned up, ready to go. I got the bimini up, um, which is nice. It's drying out, and uh, did you get over? To, it? Did you get over to Vix? No. No. Okay. Now, speaking of VIX, Todd, you're going to be getting some stuff done, right? Yeah, I mean, just some general maintenance, really. I got a switch that needs replaced, and I don't. I mean, that's like it, you know. There's there's nothing really. There's nothing new going on the side of your boat. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna put a little bit longer track on. Might try some little mini planer board masts and. I want to get them mounted as far up forward as I can. And, you know, looking at it and trying to get that mounted on there, I'd rather have one long solid track. And I just want to make my track a little longer. And you can't do that unless you put a new one on. There's yeah, no, they, they uh, don't make a stretch. Extend the track. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all. I'm going to pop this track off, put one a little longer on. I had it in there the other day, Andy, and I was like hanging off the side of the boat, pulling on it. And, uh, I don't think we're going to have a problem with it pulling, you know, that the, lots of people are doing it. So, okay. So what, what, what Todd's talking about is these little planer board masts. They're like what, 18 inches tall. 
Yeah, two feet or something, yeah. Yeah, okay, so let me back mm-hmm. up a little bit more. So we've talked in the past about planer boards. You have the inline boards that clip onto your fishing line, and you send them out. They're completely on your line um, rod and reel. Then we have like what we call the big boards, or some people say the planer board mast, you know, just to kind of clarify that there's a, another style of planer boards that are bigger than the inline boards. And they are attached to the boat using, you know, heavier line, I guess you could call it. Some people use weed whacker whipping wire, uh, you know, that plastic stuff. There's a whole host. You just got to attach them. But they pull really hard. Like, I'll give an example. When I was running my crest liner on Erie and I put out the big boards, I'd idle at like three and a half, maybe skosh under four miles an hour just in gear. I put them boards out and now I'm down to like two, two. It like almost yeah. cut my speed in half. There's a lot of drag. Well, with a lot of drag, there comes a lot of pulling on it. So you can watch these planer board masts, and they mount them generally, you know, forward, as forward in the boat as they feel comfortable doing. And you can watch these aluminum poles that might be, I don't know, inch and a half, inch and three-quarter diameter, and you can watch some of these things flexing. And if you watch it long enough, you can envision this something breaking and that pole coming right back and smashing your front teeth out. It hasn't happened to me yet. For sure. But yeah. it's 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 serious stuff. Yeah, but, and most of the guys, like all the musky fishermen I know that have mounted, like you'd mount them in your Ranger, the way had it mounted in the Lund. You know, I had a contraption of uh, of of ratchet straps pulling down on either side, one to the bow of the boat, so that was not going to happen. I think it, we fished one day like that, didn't we, Vance? Yeah, you and me and, yeah, we and did. Denny, Denny fished, and I put the big. But, you know, then that, part of the reason I don't use them is, you know, that's a six-foot mast. What the heck do I do with it when we're casting? And I have all these ratchet straps that, you know, it's sort of a setup thing. And, you know, it's really stinks on Chautauqua because of all the weeds. I just don't have time to deal with it. But, you know, being that they are killing all the weeds now in, in half of the lake, which I do go down there and fish occasionally. Uh, you know, last year you could have run these masts, and it is nicer to have that fish hit and pop it off. And now you're just fighting the fish. You're not fighting with that board bringing it in, you know, but you got to have clean water to do it or else you're never going to be able to fish efficiently. Uh, trying to take care of everybody and run all the rods yourself and keep the boat driving without running into more patches of weeds you know but if you're in a non-weedy situation so we're going to see i don't know i I hope i have enough height i don't you know i'm not going to be that high with this little thing off the side of my boat but we'll see they may they may hardly ever get used but yeah so what todd's looking to change into is rather than one big like we described big pole up front two reels and two pulleys uh one pulley to control the board on the uh, left side one on the right side He's looking to put a uh, small little, let's just say it's two foot tall with a single reel and a single Mm -hmm. pulley, one on each side of the boat. So instead of sharing a pole up front, they each have their own independent on on each side. And what Todd was talking about was he slid his little baby planer board mast in his track and he was pulling on it from the outside, kind of torquing to see, to get a feel for how it would... uh, you know, how well are those tracks really screwed into those rangers? And you're saying it's acceptable. Yeah, I was shaking the boat all over the place. We'll put it that way. I saw no flax. And I was giving it everything I had, like grabbing it, pulling on it, 
shaking the whole rig. And I don't think there's going to be any issue there. I mean, I know guys that are doing it every day. The only difference is they're spending a lot of time walleye fishing. And as Andy said, you're going about three and a half. You put the boards out now, you're going two and a half. Speed for muskies, you know, I remember noticing that. I get the boat all set up, you're going 4.5. I put the boards out, I go back, sit down, I'm going three, four. Mm-hmm. You got to get a lot more gas, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, there, there, there is, they're pulling hard. They're pulling hard. But uh, I don't think, I don't think we're going to have any issue. Now, are you going to be, using your big parallel collapsible boards that you, you know, yeah. had for all those years. Yeah. So the big ones. Yeah. The big boards. Yeah. Yep. Same one. How many lines you know, are I you did... anticipating to run on those? Uh, I've, I've, I mean, I've not never, I've just, I've never done it on my, on my own like walleye fishing where I've never had more than two on each one, you know? So even though I'm not going to get a lot of heights, I'm just looking to spread it out a little bit. So, you know, if I do, a, you know, all I got to do is get the one sort of, it's, it's what you're doing with the inline boards. When you put two inline boards out the same side, those two boards aren't spread out all that much. You can keep letting line out, but they just go back further. You know, this is going to allow me to do the spread. So I just want to get 15, 20 feet beyond my out rod. And, you know, if the other one's another couple rod lengths out past that you know you're talking i should be able to let out 60 70 feet line and put two on each one uh without a problem which is the way i used to fish st Clair a lot especially when it was rough you know when it's when it's nice and calm you can do whatever you want you can let 150 feet out there spread it out like crazy you know yeah the no. more stuff out there is, it, it all makes it harder you know when you're running the charger we don't have first mates. Uh, we're not, we don't, you know, a lot of these guys fishing off these great big boats running 16 poles. They got somebody helping running all this stuff. We don't have room on our boat to have a first mate, you know, so autopilot will be key. <laughs> yeah. So what, what you're kind of looking at doing on this is um, if you have two other guys, you're going to run two down rods, two out rods, and then four board lines. Mm-hmm. But if, mm-hmm. now, if you have two people on the boat, you and, and a client, are you going to mm-hmm. screw around with with the mast? Uh, the, if it's working for me well and the weather's not bad, I probably will. I will probably put one board out. I did this a lot at Lake St. Clair. You know, the thing with having the two boards, and you hear it. You know, if you listen to the guys from St. Clair talk, you know they can't. You can't stop the boat. You cannot let those boards, you can let them get a little bit slack. You can slow down a bit, but you cannot, you cannot like, uh, just, you know, stop the progress or, I mean, you can, you might, you might not fish for a half hour or maybe an hour after that. If everything, if one board gets in behind there, you got to remember if the board gets back behind the boat, there's also two lines on there and you just have a huge tangle, you know? So what I did a lot at St. Clair, when you're only allowed one rod a person, you know, uh, we were fishing with two guys. We did some stuff with those sliders, you know, we would run a couple boat rods, uh, you know, or, or run a boat rod and then put one out on one board. When there's one board, it's kind of, it's, it's, I always thought it was very easy because you can always, as soon as you get the fish, you can slow down. All you got to do is turn, turn away from that board and you just t- turn the boat a little bit and then, you know, it's going to stay tight. It's going to keep going. You fight the fish, you bring it in. You might have to grab the wheel or turn the thing and you can, t- you can keep turning and you might do a whole circle by the time you get the fish in. But one board was easy to work with. You can actually slow down and stop the boat. 
because as I said, you got to remember with, with, with what Vance and I are doing and on, on our, you know, trying to do big, big water fishing out of a small boat without a first mate. Not only are we the ones we're driving the boat, but, you know, 95% of the people I take, are, I, I, you know, I'm not like, okay, grab that fish, get it out of the net, you know, so. Now the fish, now we got the fish. I got a net fish. Now I got to go back, unhook the fish. Now I got to pick, pick the fish up. If it's big, we're going to measure it. I got to hold it for the picture. Meanwhile, the boat has to still be going if I have two boards out. You know, that, 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 that's why it's nice. You know, when you get, when you have fishermen, a couple guys, it's fun with a couple buddies because everybody's in the same program. One person stays behind a wheel. The other guys deal with the fish. You know, Vance and I go out. We're there's there's you know once a week you might catch a fish on Chautauqua that we're even going to bring in a boat. We're going to bring them up, unhook them, and just throw them back in. You know, because what's mm-hmm. the difference? It's just another fish. But you know we, that's not the way it is. You know, we need pictures of sometimes of thirty six inches. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what that's that's what can make the boards hard. But I, I do. That's what I my my. You know, we'll see on certain days. I could see myself running that one board. I have no problem doing that. And that just is going to spread it out. So essentially I'll have four out one side and two out the other. Do you have any issues with the boat tracking straight? Not when I'm on. Well, it depends how much I slow down. You know, that's the other thing. I mean, you got to fight those fish. You got to keep that thing in gear. Uh, I'm I'm talking like if, if you're going and if two boards will pull you down a mile and a half, one mm-hmm. board's going to now try to pull your, it's trying to pull the boat one way. Okay. So I've never done it with my autopilot, but I'm sure the autopilot can drew a straighter line than I can. Autopilot's going to be working harder, but you know, we did it all the time. I mean, that's what I did. You just drove, but I was sitting there driving the boat and I'm sure Vance will agree. You can't drive a straight line as good as the autopilot will. It'll be making true. a lot of adjustments, you know, but, uh, yeah, those drive straighter than any man. They drive. Yeah, you can't, you know. When I have to turn it, I'll turn it off when I'm going through that no-wake zone. That thing's back and forth the whole time. you got to be sitting there, like, steering the thing. Uh, like you're worse than a car, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I can just but, imagine to track, to track a theoretical straight line, your motor has to be turned just a little bit to turn the opposite mm-hmm. way. I never noticed anything because we were always hand driving the boat. You know what I mean? I never noticed it. I probably always just keep turning away from it, you know, a little bit and not even knowing you were doing it, you know, just trying to keep that board tight. Uh, you, you've done the boards enough. I mean, you know, if someone's not, if you're not paying attention real quickly, you can turn around and look and one board has slack line and the other one's tight. You know what I'm saying? You don't. You don't. You don't have to worry about that with one board. You can make a spin right around that board. Yeah, it's very difficult to trust people at the wheel. That it's very yes, because it's yes. not that they're in incapable of driving. It's just they don't know how much is really at stake and what you're trying to watch. It, it adds a whole nother set of things yeah. to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. All it's going to mean is downtime at the end. You know, I've had two boards out there, St. Clair fishing with my friend Nick and uh you know we had a giant fish on and uh you know I mean you know it hit the board I already had a hundred and some feet of line out you know I'm looking down the reels at two two seventy five fighting the fish it comes out of the water back there giant fifty some incher get it halfway in but we're still trying to keep the board straight you know so Nick's driving and we're trying to do all this and you know many minutes later 
I look down and I'm, I'm still at 180 feet, you know, and after all this, the fish gets off. You know, this happened to us twice, two days in a row. And then uh, what happened to us twice in the same day, the next morning we go out there and uh, we get another big one on. Uh, this is the third one that we're fighting it. And it's the same thing. The boards are out. And I was like, F it. I took the thing. I put it into neutral. Nick reeled the fish in, netted the fish. I got a picture of it. He's sitting there holding the fish. The one planer board line is draped across the back of his head. <laughs> like going up the back of the boat. He cut the fish. It was a 53-incher. We put it back in. And uh, we didn't fish for about probably half hour, 45 minutes. You know, because I had the one that counted. I got the one that counted. And that's all I did. That's why I shut it down. You know, we lost these two fish. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this, you know. Now, I'm not used to doing it either, you know. Um, I, that that was not something I do every day, and uh, <coughs> really felt we lost those fish because we had them on for like ten minutes, you know. And and you, if you went, uh, it was windy. If you if you went below like four miles an hour, the boards got untight. So now you're trying to reel the fish in while you're still doing four, you know. Uh, and finally, we just shut her down. And I did that twice, and Nick got a fifty and a half and a fifty three, uh, the two two days in a row after we had lost two big ones you know so uh was it but worth i don't it? want to do that when i'm guiding yes it was yes absolutely worth it because i don't know if we would have caught them you know i wish i had done it on the other ones but it's not worth it when i'm guiding because i have no one to help if that happened when i'm guy and you know you, you try to get something straight you might kick something in gear and you don't realize the lines there that's the only time i've ever got a line caught in my prop is at saint Clair, dealing with boards and uh you know, that's the only time it's ever happened to me. Well, now that uh, anyone new that wants to try planer board fishing is scared to death. Um... Oh, no, it's, it's fun. <laughs> you got you to be on the same. You, you need three people is the thing. Well, the autopilot is hopefully going to take place is going to be that third people. But the people that can do it efficiently, like our groups of guys that went up there is when you, cause someone stays, someone has to stay at the boat and you can't be like sitting there. Especially you're in your waves. You can't be sitting there driving the boat, like looking around. Oh my gosh, let me come see that fish. You know what I mean? He's got to concentrate on keeping things straight, you know? Uh, and then you got, you know, the guy fighting the fish, the other guy helps land it. But when you only have two people, which is the way I always did it, it's hard. You know, you just, you're obviously sitting there driving the boat and you know, someone's like, okay, the fish is almost here. Then I had to walk away. I didn't have autopilot. And I'd grab the net and run back, and a wave would hit or something. Boat starts turning. I'd go up and try to turn the wheel. Fish is at the boat. You, you needed three people to, to fish, uh, you know, efficiently. It, 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 it's, it's fine until you get a fish on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that's your little project mm-hmm. that uh, that's going on. Vance, do you have any projects, or are you just – you know, I know you were talking about some stuff, and I'm hitting you cold on this one, but anything major you think you're going to pull the trigger on? or? Uh, I was uh, contemplating on getting one of those uh, live scopes um, for casting. Uh, I think that would be neat, and it would uh, get me through the day of looking at something uh, other than making sure the clients are bringing in the stuff correctly and how I want them to do it. Um, but I was thinking about doing something like that, um, now real quick, I mean, I kind of understand what it's doing. I haven't looked into it. Uh, I'm not going to be buying one for the amount of hours I fish, but mm-hmm. t- tell everyone kind of just like 
Reader's Digest. What is it, and what does it do? Okay, so uh, a live scope. Essentially, you can see uh, a lot more than just a uh, your 2D sonar and side imaging. Um, it's stuff that's happening live in the direction that you point your puck. Um, it's got a puck just like a, a regular depth finder, but you're seeing uh, whatever you point it at, essentially. Um, and my ideal scenario is I'm on a drift and I'm in the middle of the boat. I got clients up in the front and the back. I can literally grab the pole that is fastened to that puck and turn it and look at that guy's bait coming in. And you can see if there's a fish behind it or not, or you can see if the bait's running correctly. People are using it for trolling. You can turn it and look at uh, what we all like to say are our, our down rod, out rod, and planer board rod. You can actually see your bait running and see if it's at the depth you want it at. Um, you know, so there's interesting things. Uh, does does the, does the display show it as like a standard depth? So like the top is the surface and like a line at the bottom, or does it kind of show it as as it kind of projects like a, like a bird looking down. No, it's, it's, side, no, it's it, like a side view of your boat. You can even see the prop. Like you can see the boat. You can see the prop coming off the boat. Yeah. It and reads whichever like, side you it, would turn it to. Yeah. It's yeah. It here's that's the opposite think, of it, side it, imaging, right? It reads as a depth finder, like waterline yeah. bottom. It doesn't read as kind of a point of view. Um, mm. Thing. You know, like if your eyes were underneath it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it looks like your depth finder screen. Yes. Mm. You can see the bottom. You can see your lure. Mm-hmm. What kind of definition There's does it videos. have? Is it like... I don't know what well, kind of... I don't know, like, what kind of definition it is, but you could certainly pick up uh, the fish, like, fin for fin when, um, when you're casting and... Uh, moving slow and you can see your crankbait uh, trolling. You can't see that, it, you know, if it's a Wiley, a Baker, or a tough shot or whatever it is. Um, but you can see the thing jiggling back there. And when the fish, you can see, um, you know, a muskie, it just kind of looks like this big blob that comes up and checks it out. You know, there's been, there's videos on, uh, on the internet, uh, that guys have been playing around with it in the in the musky industry, and um, you know, had some really cool pictures of one like chasing a sucker up and down. I mean, and mm-hmm. you can see the fish like swimming around. You, you can see the fish like appear underneath it, leave it, and turn and come back. Yeah. and then you can see the, the way it was turning and everything. I think he had twenty minutes filming it before it hit, something mm-hmm. like that. It's just something that's interesting, you know. Now, I don't know how it would work on how we like to position our boats right up on that weed line, you know. I don't think it's going to cut through those weeds and um, be able to, like, see if a fish is coming out of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, if, if I put it on it's a gonna weed be so ball, much it's going to be like, forget it. People are using it on St. Clair. There's, you know, barely any structure on the place, you know. Yeah. Um, 
would work there. It would work better for trolling, you know. Um, but you know, perfect dream scenario is I would, um, you know, be able to do that casting. How much do I open water cast? Absolutely zero. Um, so having said that, I kind of talked myself out of it for casting, but it's just like a something to uh, cure the, you know, wintertime blues you start thinking new toys are fun and this is a new toy that you know i would probably really think is neat Mm -hmm. but really have no application for in my personal life and i like neat things so do i need it no would it help me out on a tough day maybe um is it worth that investment probably not yeah, it's 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 a it's fun yeah. toys. That's what maybe are, fun yeah. toys. Maybe in a couple years from now, when every single uh, unit has it, I'll get it then. Um, yeah, but good mm-hmm. choice. Uh, that's right. You know, but so that's uh, and that's probably I was no sooner than when you buy it, they'll come out with the HD, which is just like 1080p high definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we talked about prior. In prior episodes, would you get it if you could get like a live camera down there? You know, mm-hmm. but so I was thinking about that, and uh, that's about it. But other than that, it's just going to be business as usual out there, banging fish, baby, crushing front hooks. There you go. I like it. So, I mean, the weather. Let's talk a little bit about the weather since we're, you know, all old men here. Um, yes. It, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, I've thought about the last, you know, week or so that I, you know, grab the rod, go down to my my little fishing hole on the bank, and yeah, I've driven by it a few times. There always seems to be a truck or two there. But, you know, I would say that not um, – I don't know. Just looking at stuff, looking at the, the USGS – uh, the stream gauge, that's another one of those uh, sites that, you know, you can take the information for face value or you could start trying to apply it on things. Like I was talking about Muskie's Inc. earlier. Um, it seems like we're a couple weeks ahead of everything. And it's very efficient at talking me out of trying to go because this, this always seems to be, this time of year seems to be very difficult for at least me personally when I'm trying to get some of those fish that are starting to stage up for some spawn action. Um, I'm not saying they're spawning quite yet, but it's just, it's, it's that weird period. I don't know if you guys kind of feel it. Flowers are pushing through. We might have to cut our grass here. Um, but essentially I've talked myself out of going fishing and I've done other things. Well, yeah, you keep doing that. You're going to push it back into, uh, spawning mode. And I would imagine that that's just shut down time yeah not even worth going so i might as well just keep the dust and cobwebs on the on the gear but yeah but it certainly has been nice out and people have been out fishing um and catching um sure have yeah but i don't know i just still i still think that like musky fishing starts for me in you know may and june um because that's how I was, I was, uh, you know, raised with it. So 
I've definitely talked myself out of some days. But, you know, like flash forward to two months from now, if it's like pouring down rain, I'm like, okay, we're going. You know, but if it's like why stay dry in in here when we can, you know, maybe catch one. Yeah. But, but, uh, I don't yeah, know. It's I just really seemed... nice out right now. I I would like it's been ahead of we've been ahead of the weather. Uh, yeah, we didn't even really have winter. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Um, it's beautiful outside now, and we have to stay inside legally. Um, imagine that. But the it's it's really nice right now. The the lakes are warming up, and I would imagine people are trying to get those last couple fish that are staging like Andy's talking about prior to them going into uh, shutdown mode for their spawn. Uh, so if it's legal and uh, you can do it, get out there and um, be safe and have fun with it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, don't be like me. If you can go out and go fishing. I mean, I drive by it fairly often and I'm just like, eh, it's a little off color. <laughs> eh, I got other things to do, but <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, I see people there every day. I hope they're enjoying themselves. And um, pretty much, you know, I hope everyone else is out there too and kind of enjoy this time. I know it can be stressful, but you can also get some relaxing in on that and catch up on some sleep, do whatever. But, you know, still... Teach uh, your kids, homeschool your kids. You can do that. I mean, I can, I can paint some more baits like I alluded to earlier. We got a couple more than a couple. We have a couple colors done right now that we're going to be uh, putting a couple more colors through. And Vance is also working. I got some uh, images that he sent me, you know, I'll probably say four or five, six hours ago. Um, we might be playing around with some stuff. But, yeah, some neat stuff to come and, you know, just trying to look to a brighter future, I guess. Rainbow trout. Rainbow Trout. What's up with Rainbow Trout other than what we talked about right before the show? Andy painted a really nice Rainbow Trout like three years ago uh, for one of our... Oh, ridiculously odd. Um, we we catch them on that all the time, yes? <laughs> oh my, yes. I don't have a Rainbow Trout at all. It's because you, you used it, but you, all the paint's worn off. But Andy painted <laughs> up this really, really nice one. Um, and they're all real nice, but Andy took, took his time and was experimenting with some paints and he painted it up for, uh, one of our, uh, like biggest fans of the show. And he sent me a picture of it tonight and, uh, I was like, we, you know, maybe we should do what one or two of those again. And it came down to this question. Do, uh, I, I, I told him, I was like, you know, now that I've picked up an airbrush, uh, I'm like, those dots just look like a nightmare to do yeah little little baby dots especially so now that you know like like vance is looking at different things on how to uh get different layers and effects on baits and stuff and you know i guess there are easier ways and there are more difficult ways to to achieve things and um, like the little dots on a rainbow trout. And most people will look at them and not even think twice. But there are two ways. You can take something that's 
you know, has like a circular end. Let's just say you cut a toothpick really cleanly and it, it you know, it in, in half right there in the middle. You can dip that in paint and then you can put a dot on it and dip it. You know, you might get two or three dots before it starts to run out of paint. You can keep doing it like that. It's kind of like, I think, a technique called dotting. Or you can do it with the airbrush. And that has a lot of, I'm going to say, throttle control to where you hold the brush at a distance that you think is going to be a good distance. You, you know, you let the air start flowing and you pull back. If you hold it too long, you're going to get a halo. And what I mean by a halo is quite literally that you will be putting the paint down. It'll hit the bait and it'll actually make like a micro run. But because the air is blowing like at the middle of it, it will run that paint out to the edge to where it's, significantly less paint in the middle and you'll like have a like a water ripple. Yes. Like if you, yes. and it's a little halo and you know, when I do dotting, I, know that's I see why, that. That's why Dale hated doing trots because you can do hundreds of dots and he would see that one that when you squirt, like maybe a little burst of air at the end, the paint didn't come out. It's a dot with a little, it's a halo spot. Yeah. So when I get those, I, you know, you can't do anything while it's wet. You're just going to make it worse. So you have to power through the rest of them and come back to your halos. And if you're good and accurate, you can get back on that dot and hit it again and kind of fill it in. It never really fixes it all the way, but it makes it look better. And when you look, I'd at have it, some big ass dots by the time I was done doing a rainbow trout. I can tell you right now. Maybe we, that you know? should be the uh, the next guide challenge on the painting. It would be it would be like the uh, coach dogs. You know what those are? Absolutely. I was going to say yeah. that, or like a special <laughs> perch. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, oh, I got to fix that one. I, oh, I, missed it. Got to fix that one. Oh, missed it. <laughs> uh, just saying that. Uh, <laughs> I think that the people are probably setting down the airbrush and doing the dot with the, uh, you know, flat circle of the toothpick that you were explaining uh, is a little bit more uh, control oriented. Yeah. And Uh, and crisp lines are like the thing right now. Having, why couldn't you use a Sharpie? I mean, you, you probably could, but I mean, I mean, yeah, you absolutely can. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, the Sharpie's not paint, so technically it's not painting. You can shade baits with a Sharpie. Um, mm-hmm. but That's real artwork, though. That's yeah, true. No, one, no one was taking away the artwork form of it. Anybody I mean, can do it with a, uh, right a, on a Sharpie and a, an airbrush, but have you ever done it with a Sharpie? And crayons, yeah. I, I would prefer chalk, plein air. Chalk, there you yeah. go. Oils. <laughs> <laughs> So well, uh, I, have, I, have, I have much respect for the uh, people that are spraying the uh, rainbow patterns. So, yeah. yeah, that's brown that's, trout. Then you got to put a brown dot and you got to put a black dot with a red dot inside. Ooh, that's the way Brooks. That'd be good too. That'd be good for Halo. Yes, you could Halo the ones because they don't all have it. Yeah, Brook trout are that way. They have a little dot inside the dot. Throw your halos in, but man, it'd be hard to hit that little. Those dots are little. The amount of paint I was spraying when I was painting. Yeah, your your dots would require a quarter paint. 
I would, yeah, I would need to tune it down a little bit. Mine would requ- require a stencil, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's another way you can do is people do sometimes put stencils over, and but you know it, you know it, it's kind of neat to see this progression of the eye, um, just looking at now like the paints, like how was this done? What kind of level of throttle control? And all of this stuff. I mean, like I said, hard lines are like the big thing right now. I still haven't come around all the way to doing the hard lines with the stencils and, and the aids of other of other things. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just kind of tend to want to not use that stuff. Um, I can't tell you why. There's no personal reason why. I just I just feel yeah, more comfortable sten- doing it with the I, airbrush. I, 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 I know what you're saying, the stencils. I mean, people, I mean, you can see you get that nice crisp line, but I mean, just with the guys that I knew painting growing up years ago, it was like, they would not use a stencil. We're like, no, I'm not, that, that's cheating. Sure. You could look at that, it that way. That's the way they felt, you know? I don't think, like, someone like Dale, I don't think he, to this day, I don't think he has a stencil and he would, I don't think he'd ever use one, you know, but that's just, he's been doing it for 30 years, but uh, aside from I mean, scale, not cheating. Yes, yes. I mean, it's not cheating, but it, 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 you know, I can remember looking and he said, oh, well, they're, they're doing that all with stencils. I can remember hearing that, you know, mm-hmm. well, it's just all stencils. It, it does reduce some fine motor control that is developed if you're doing everything freehand. But the layering people are doing with these stencils <laughs> is crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's, I give props to that too, because there's a lot of patience there. Stencils. I, I played around a little bit, like we just painted a bait for another customer and it, it required a little bit of stencil work for a gill. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's another thing. It, it, to me, it almost slows me down and I just, I haven't come to terms with, with like the usefulness of it. And partly because I got, I got a, Actually, we have a bait that's very difficult to stencil because we, we have an odd shape. We have a great shape for, yeah. for the water, but for the painting purpose, it just it tends to get a little difficult for that. Um, some people have done it very well, but painting one or two baits is different than trying to paint hundreds and hundreds. How sweet would a stencil be for those Fire Tiger Zs? Oh, I've I've tried it. It, uh, I know. I, I've, I remember all the horror yeah. of it. And you, you had the, uh, you made essentially a, a fo- something to form around the bait with a heat gun. Uh, mm-hmm. A little vac table and heat up some. Yeah. Yep. That's my... the one bait that, that, that's the one bait that looks better with a stencil to me. You know, there's no doubt. I mean, Zach's old fire tigers were stenciled. Uh, no doubt. I, I think they're, you know, they they just look better than just putting the squiggly line. The fish don't care, but I mean, it does look better as the end result. And that's ultimately why you're painting that is to make it look Cleaning. great. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I, I just, I every stencil I've ever made for Fire Tiger, I have not liked, and I've tried several times because to me, I need to have it perfect. And a lot of guys are using like a. I'm just going to say, similar to a flat sheet of paper, they'll cut it out where it's easy to cut out on, on something flat, and then they'll hold it up and they just have some alignment marks of sorts. It's not paper, but just as a visual. And, you know, they they can they can work it really well like that. And, 
you know, have great results. It's not so easy on the Raptor. And if I if I have if I make a stencil, and I you know and I put it over it, if I start getting like a little bit of overspray wrapping around it, I I it, it'll I'll lose my mind. I can't I can't do that. Yeah. So I'd sooner just kind of go ahead and um, do it freehand and then complain openly on a weekly basis on this show about how much I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> how about that for honesty? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But the fire tiger king. Oh, I like how you wrap that around to the beginning. Uh, yes. The fire, fire tiger. tiger. Just something just dawned on me. What's that? We will talk after the show about it. Oh, look at that cliffhanger. Yes. Well, let's end it on that then. Huh? Make them wanting more, huh? Sounds perfect. Sounds yeah. perfect. All right. That's where it is. So this show brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine, Muskies Inc., and Baker Baits. With that, stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy this weather. <laughs>